Jess, Trey, Amy, Quinn, Ray, Leah, Maddie, Ray, Lily, Charlie, Faye, M, Bryce, Daniela, Elena, Marshall. Hey, it's Ash. And this is Liz. And you're talking with my puzzle pieces. So today, guys, I am here with Jess. She is one of the puzzle pieces and one of the pieces that I met earlier on in this journey. Um, and before we get into sort of her role and some of those things, we want to give you a little bit of an idea of who you're talking to. So probably as we go through with everybody um, through today with Jess, we're going to give you a little bit of a description of her, what her age is, what she looks like in her own mind, and that sort of thing. So welcome, Jess. Hey. Hi. So um, I think to kind of go off of that, it's really important um, what a personality looks like or a person um, looks like in like the in what we call the inside um, or like in their own mind um, is not necessarily what the body looks like even remotely sometimes. So, yeah, so this is how you see yourself and also how your other parts see you. Yes, so... so it's not what I see when I look at you, per se. Yeah. Although there can be, like, some subtle changes in the body. But you guys have a, a vision of Jess that I only get to see in drawings. Yes. So um, I'm, I don't know, I usually range around, like, 17-ish. But um, I guess that's, like, the age that the picture of me looks like, like, when I look at... Um, like who I am in my mind. I'm, I'm like a teenager-ish, an older teen. Um, but I think like maturity-wise, I'm like a young adult. Or even sometimes an older adult. I yeah. Think that's one of the things that I've really learned with people, with people is how fluid age can be. That sometimes when I'm interacting with you, you do feel a little bit younger. Um, but a lot more of the time, you and I feel like we're closer to the same age. So um, to give, I guess back up a little bit so the the actual physical body who we the collective that we call ash um is in her like early 30s um and has like long-ish hair um sometimes she puts fun colors in it but it's usually pretty it's not brown like, like a lot of brown pretty standard um green eyes um your eyes do change more. That's yeah. one of the big no things I notice when different people are out is that your eyes do shift a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and pretty, like, no special clothing style, I would say. It's kind of all over the place, depending on who you're... Well, I think it's such a like amalgam of all of you guys and trying to not wear anything that would make someone else completely uncomfortable. Um, so it's... It's a lot more, like, neutral, I think, than a lot of you would be if it was just you. So, I don't look like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have kind of, like, short pixie cutish hair that's a little bit crazy and messy. Um, it's darker with some red in it. Um, I wear a lot of makeup on the inside, so I have... Pretty thick eyeliner, um, mascara, I wear darker lipstick, um, I have a lot of piercings, a lot, um, like a bunch in both my ears, my eyebrow, um, my nose, um, I have a lot of fun with that. 
um, I guess I like see myself as like if you think of like edgier, like that's you guys. What I style. think of when I picture dress is: did, Have you seen Fern Gully? Like I have this mental image, and it might be totally wrong. And I, you just dated yourself. I did, and that's fine <laughs> because Fern Gully's awesome, and you should watch it. Um, and I think of of Krista and her like dark hair and also the sort of like she's not going to take no crap from nobody attitude that Krista has in that um in that show is so much of Jess. Jess is the fierce protector of her system um and and at the same time like just fun and full of life and I don't know that's the image in my head of Jess whether it's accurate or not. Yeah I think it's I think that like tough put together but a little crazy kind of look is definitely what I am on the inside um I don't go traipsing around in fancy fairy outfits though I wish Um, you would (laughs) (laughs) um but um my clothes are all pretty like dark colors um leather like that kind of I don't know not like leather like I would say like ripped jeans um Tank tops. Tank tops, black jeans. All right. Just really, like, plain kind of simple stuff. Well, because the rest of you's got a lot going on, so your clothes maybe can tone it down. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about your role. And I think it's the way you've done your role has sort of morphed over time, even since I've known you. But to me, a huge part of your role in your system has been protective. You are the mama bear, for sure. Um... But it's more than that, too. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? So I think, I guess, one of the slightly odd things about me and my role is I've been around for a very long time. But um, so I have shared memories with another part in our system um, that has kind of become one with me, I guess. So we've kind of integrated and... um, at a later time, we can explain more about what that all means. They so, squished together, you guys. There was one person and there was Jess, and now there's Jess. Um, and that's not something that's right for every pair of people or every system or every whatever, but that's just part of her history. Yeah, so I started out as someone else, kind of, um, and we kind of split into two parts to handle everything that was going on in our life. Um, and now we're kind of back together. Um, so... I think what I remember more, though, is I was definitely came out as a protector more when we were in high school. That was really where I functioned. And a big part of what I did is if there were challenging things going on or someone was triggered, um, it was kind of my job to pull them inside, get them safe, get them somewhere where they could deal with whatever internally was going on with them. Um, So a lot of like the littler parts kind of pulling them in keeping them safe, um, and then functioning out in the world. Um, and going through your own trauma that you took to support and protect others in your system. Yeah, so I think it was definitely, we had so many people that had already had gone through some really bad trauma. And so you kind of come out and you you take the trauma that's going on to keep those people safe so they don't have more trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that led to you having a pretty hard exterior um, and feeling like you couldn't express some of the like softer emotions. Um, And I think maybe partly because like, if you let that one like 
crack in your armor open up then fear of what would happen and would you be able to protect them if you weren't like holding on to anger and defensiveness so much yeah I think I really held on to the like I have to be this like badass kind mm-hmm. of image and you still um, are a badass yeah Just and I think that's one. part of my look too yeah is that helped me feel like I could do that and I did I defaulted to angry or shut down a lot there wasn't a lot of um like feeling of other emotions and I think in my head, the only way to protect other people was to be angry um, and push away people that I thought weren't safe. She did that to me once, you guys, probably more than once. But I have this really vivid memory um, of shortly after I met Jess, I probably only knew three or four um, of their people at that point, which they were lying to me and telling me there were only three or four. We'll talk about that later. Um, But anyway, so I don't remember what was going on exactly. But um, Jess told me that the only emotion she had was anger and that she was like, that was just it. She wasn't going to feel other things. She was just angry. Um, so I hugged her. <laughs> and I may have wanted to bite you. <laughs> but you didn't. I didn't bite you. You didn't. You were like so stiff and like determined to stay pissed off at the world at first. And then you just like relaxed and were able to let someone hold you and love you. And it was... Um, there was a little bit of like, I told you so, I'm not going to lie, because I knew a little. there was a lot of I told you so, um, because I knew that she was more than anger. And I guess I think that's a piece that I think people people have roles, um, but people don't always understand that they're more than just the role. And that was something I could see in Jess really early on, that she wasn't just this like pissed off badass, um, that there was a lot more to her. And she and I became really good friends. Uh, really soon after I first met her. I have developed a relationship with each person in their system sort of separately. Um, And Jess and I just fit together as friends really well right from the beginning. Yeah. And it was so crazy because I remember um, as we got to know each other, we kind of, you kind of knew me before you knew me. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to talk about what that's like at all. Um, I mean, so when I first met them, they were Ash. Um, They presented as Ash. And like from day one, something just felt off. Um, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Something to do with their affect, their mood, um, and the way they express themselves. But like, whatever, like I'm not against people being a little crazy. Like it's fine. Um, and over time I started to suspect, um, that maybe they had people, but I didn't really know. And I didn't know enough about DID at the time to, recognize it as clearly as I would now. Um, but it was very interesting once I did meet the different people to be able to be like, that face is Jess. I've seen that face. Or, oh my gosh, Trey has this laugh, you guys, when you meet Trey, um, that's so distinctive. And like, I'd heard that laugh before. Or to t- go back and talk about, do you remember the day that this or this happened? Who was that that was so sassy to me or that did this thing? Um, And that was interesting. And it was a piece of me being able to know them right away when I met them. So like, I didn't know Jess as Jess, but I knew all of these things that made up Jess already. And so I think that made us, made it like more comfortable for you and I right off the bat. Yeah. And you, you knew me because you'd been spying on me from inside that body for whatever, six months. Yeah. And I think it's different because every, so I'm someone who spends a lot of time, what we call out. Um, so I guess to kind of explain that a little bit, there's like an inner world that we 
created in our head where all of my pieces kind of live and go when they aren't out in the world with everyone else. Um, so when we talk about that, when I say I, if I go in, that's me going to the inner world and I'm not out and functioning. I'm not interacting with what's going on out here. Um, the person who's out is kind of like in the driver's seat. Um, they're the one controlling the body, making the decisions and interacting with the world. And to make it super fun and not at all confusing, um, there's a thing called co-consciousness where a couple people can be out at the same time doing what we call sharing space, um, where they're working as a team to sort of drive the body. Um, but what Jess is saying is that she's one of the people who spends more of the time kind of in the driver's seat out here, or at least partly um, aware of what's going on. It's not as common for her to go as fully into the inner world as some of the especially the smaller parts. Yeah. And so I think I usually have a good idea of what's going on in like the real world where everyone else exists. Um, and I think that's a big part of serving as a, a protector is that you have to kind of know what's going on and, and at least be aware of emotions or who might be experiencing something on the outside. Um, so I spend a lot of time interacting with, with people. Mm -hmm. Um, well, and I think one of the things that you were really instrumental in was the decision for, um, and I met Amy officially first, but the decision for you guys to let me meet you and to um, to open that door. So what was that like for you, for you specifically? Terrifying. Yeah, I would imagine. But it was me, and I'm like the best. Yes, you're the best. I am the best. Um. Yeah, it was, it was scary. I, we functioned most of our life. It wasn't safe to tell someone that you had more than one person in your head and you think you're going to be crazy and you're not going to be friends with that person anymore because how could someone understand that? Well, and the whole purpose is to hide pieces, right? Like it's for you guys to appear as one. So it has to be like so counterintuitive to be able to be like, hi, so I've been hiding my entire existence forever. Here I am. Yeah, I mean, the whole reason you create people is to deal with what's going on in your life. Um, and it's a safety thing, though. It's, it's safe that people don't know there's different people. And you don't want people to know that's how you're functioning. I mean, your whole purpose is to present as this put-together human and so Ash was our put-together human. And more or less. More. <laughs> depending on the day. But overall, I mean, we functioned. We You did function. You we, got a lot done as a mess. Yeah. And I, I mean, and I think that's also a big misconception. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, and that's something we can talk about more down the road. But often people who have DID are really well-functioning, mm -hmm. high-achieving people. And um, they just you are wouldn't... struggling on the inside until they've worked through things. But on the outside, often it looks like everything is more than fine. Yeah. And I think, like you said, you notice some like little things are off. But overall, they, they're a functional human. So you, unless you're really looking, you don't focus on those things. And that's the whole point. You don't want people to know. Well, and I don't know if I was someone else or if I had met you in a different context, if I would have noticed some of those things. But um, I mean, I was a therapist. It was my job to notice all of those little nonverbals, the little shifts in affect. Like that was a thing that I did for work. And I think um, because of my own trauma history, I just do instinctively. 
Um, and then the other piece was I hired you. And so I was in charge of like making sure you did your job well. Yeah. And so there was this extra level of I was supervising you. I was making sure that things were going okay. So I had to be more aware. And I think you were honest with me. You as a collective were honest with me that there were struggles. And so that helped open that door a little bit too, because I knew, you know, I didn't know everything that was going on or how, although I started to suspect it. Um, but I knew that things were not okay. Some parts of your life were not okay. Yeah. And I think part of the reason I could make the decision is my role had changed so much. There wasn't active trauma going on when, when we came out and kind of told you who we were and that, that that's what was going on in our head. Um, so I wasn't really serving in that role anymore. And I don't really serve in that role exactly anymore either. No. Um, I think my role has really shifted. Um, and You've kind of grown. I've grown and have all of the yucky, gushy emotions that people want to throw in the trash. She even knows how to love you guys. Ooh. And not just people on the inside, because that's never been a problem. But she's learned how to allow herself to really feel and experience love and not be unreasonably afraid of that because like love's scary for everyone um but with friends and family and her amazing pain in the butt dog <laughs> um and with my children and so i have two kids that um have developed an amazing relationship with ash and they don't know about the puzzle pieces but they interact with your different parts differently a little bit depending on who's out and um yeah jess is creative and artistic that's something we haven't told them about you and um, yeah if you look um i drew our cover art for the podcast um i really love to sketch mm -hmm. um that's probably my big thing or paint um and i think that's everyone kind of holds different stuff and i i hold that creative piece which is something that has helped us process things and get through. Yeah. And it's been really cool. She's done some sketches of like herself or other people in her system. Um, that's helped me have like more of a visual of who people are because I, as much as I notice the little changes, I still see this body. Um, and I can't like go into her head and experience the world there. Although I wish I could, you guys, you would, if you, I would, I would crawl right in your brain if I could. Um, but that isn't how this works. Although if I figure it out, you guys, I'll let you know, because that'd be amazing. Um, so it's been helpful that she can sketch and kind of give some description that way of like what, who it is that I'm, you know, if I'm talking to one of your littles or holding them because they're sad or scared, I know who it is and I can picture them a little differently. Yeah. And I think it, it's helpful sometimes because you'll see, like you said, you you always see this body and like how we dress might be a little different or how we talk or sit or interact um, with different people. But it's, I think sometimes I forget people can't see that, <laughs> that they can't see what I see in my head. Um, so it's nice to be able to have a way to share that with people so that they can really have an idea of what each person looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. What other things do you do? You do a lot of the adulting kind of stuff too. You help with like life decisions and 
your job, um, your big pieces of work you do? Yeah, I would say my role now, I think, um, is more protective. I think the protectiveness has changed. It's less about, um, like growing up, we had so many different friend groups. I had, I can't even tell you how many different friends I had in high school and college. Um, because it wasn't safe to stay friends with people for very long or to get close to people. So there's very few friends that I still have from when I was younger. And then you met me and you're stuck with me for I am. You're never leaving. You're like a leech. No, I'm better than a leech. Like a cockroach. They don't die. <gasps> she hears the way she talks to me. Um, yeah, you I was going to say you nice can, like, things about you. You can like cut off a cockroach's head and it can live for like three weeks. So anyway... <laughs> I was going to say something nice, and you ruined it with your cockroach story, and now I don't know what it was. Well, anyway, now I would say I'm protective more in letting us have support and setting healthy boundaries, like with family or old friends that I try to not spend as much time with. Yeah, I agree. I think it's like if you know anything about like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Like in the beginning, you were protective for like basic safety kind of stuff, yep. um, and now that basic safety... Sometimes I think, you know, you trauma. So sometimes it still feels like it's not there, um, but it is. You're safe in your everyday life. And so now it's more about emotional safety and helping people to learn how to be emotionally safe. And I think one of the struggles you had more um, maybe a year ago even was letting go of a little bit of that control and letting people have a little more freedom to make their own decisions about whether they were safe or what they needed or wanted because you were so protective. It's like a mama bear doesn't want her baby cubs to stray too far. Yeah, it was definitely hard, I think. And I think as time went on, the emotional toll of being the protector gets really exhausting and it's hard um, to be out all the time and be responsible for that. And so I, I, yeah, I think especially like a year or two years ago, I hated going inside. I used I to have to boss her. Hated that. I would like call someone else out and be like, okay, so Jess needs to go in because she's tired and she won't admit it. So someone needs to pull her ass in and someone else needs to stay out here with me and not let her back out. And she would get so sassy with me, but it worked and it was important for her. And I think she's gotten to the point now where you're much more like, it's, I think always going to be hard for you because you and I are similar in that like desire to caretake and whatever, but I think that I, I don't remember the last time I like bullied you into it. Yeah, I think I'm better now at not knowing what's going on on the outside and trusting us as a collective to be able to handle things and trusting that other people can step out and do things and I don't have to be out protecting all the time and like only resting when we're alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else the world should know about you right off the bat, but... I mean, those two, like, the big things. The big things, if you're getting to know me. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of music do you listen to? Because, like, so many of you have such distinctive I, is, music styles. I think in, in, like, TV show styles, yeah. books. What do you do um, for fun? Yeah. Well, that's a good That's a good question. Um, Especially because the Littles will have less of this kind of stuff to say. So yeah, the, the Littles definitely. In, so we refer too. to the more like children in the body as littles and then often the like adults or older teens we will call the bigs <laughs> big people uh-huh yeah and it, it's interesting because i've seen that across systems a lot of systems use those same words and i don't know 
I don't know why that is. I don't either. And I don't know if we started doing that with, with you guys before we'd read it somewhere else or if we'd heard it somewhere else and just pulled it into our vocabulary. Um, I think it just fits a lot, though. People it just tend to pick it up and use it. I don't, mm-hmm. Well, really it make, just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, what do you like to do? So besides hang out with me, which yes, is your favorite. It's my favorite. Um, I do really like our dog. I have a dog. Um, and her, she's a golden. Her name's Maisie. And she's, she's a hair factory, you guys. Yes. Um, and a licking factory. But they won't let me make her wear a little suit, which or, I probably wouldn't really do. But I threaten, and then Amy tries to bite me. You also threatened to shave her once, and that didn't go well. It didn't. Amy, I wasn't even serious, and Amy was very, oh. like, you would never. So I love, I do love spending time with the dog. She's not, so one person in our body specifically, the dog belongs to more than other people, um, even though she belongs to our whole body, but I do love her. Um, I like to sketch and draw, um, paint, that kind of artsy stuff. Like we've painted some rocks and um, I like, I really enjoy doing that. Um, I, I like, yeah, I, some of us like music more than others. I, I guess listen to a lot of stuff that came out when I like first was around more. So when I was in high school, so I listened to like um, Eminem, Linkin Park, um, Papa Roach. Um, it's really good, like running music. Yeah, I like um, angrier music. I guess I like my music to be intense with some swear words. I'm. Um... Jess doesn't pick the music when my kids are around. No, I'm not allowed. <laughs> not allowed. <laughs> um, but yeah, that I and I I enjoy that kind of music. Um, yeah, and I do like to run. I'm one of our runners. You guys. Jess and I ran a marathon together, um, which was, you know, amazing and horrible and all of the things a marathon is. But the thing about running with Jess is you can run two miles, you can run 20 miles, you can probably run 200 miles. And the last like quarter of a mile, she somehow finds this like burst of energy. And I'm like barely able to lift my feet, dragging myself towards the finish line, debating whether I'm dead or not. And she takes off like a jackrabbit and leaves me in the dust. And it's just like this thing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how tired she is. She's just gone. I don't oh, know. There's just something about gone. when you see the finish line of just, you dead. just want to be done. I'm just dead. When no, I like it's line. there. Like just go get it and be I done. I can't. I can't do, do it. Done. <laughs> and I love that like runner's high feeling. That's great. You guys used to run to the point of like making yourself sick. And that's something that you've had to, like, learn how to manage in a more yeah. healthy way. I think me especially, I really, I would just run and run and run until I, like, physically could not run. And I've had to be smarter about, like, I'm going to run this far or mm-hmm. for this many minutes. Well, and it was a coping thing for you at that time. It was a way to manage emotions in a, like, not horribly unhealthy way. Like, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Um, and I still think running, for you particularly, is a emotional release and, like, a way to cope. Uh, in a healthy way, but yeah, I definitely really enjoy it more than other people. <laughs> um, Bray hates it so much, you guys. Yeah, we hate Bray. <laughs> she hates she hates exercise. Um, and I like um, I I'm not one of the people who reads as much. I don't think. No, um, I don't dislike it, but I do think I'm I am one of the more I like the like true crime stuff. Um, so that's what I like to read. I like to read. Like true crime or books about I've read books about DIT 
Um, or like TV shows like Criminal Minds. That's or listen to the podcast Morbid. Hey guys, shout out best. Morbid. All right. Anything else that you feel like it is imperative that the world knows about you right now, this minute, today? If I haven't had coffee, you don't want me to do this podcast. That is real. Um, I actually I, have some right here. I didn't realize, like, I knew that people needed coffee in their lives. Um, but then I met Jess. And 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 I, I do think, to some extent, there's some, like, DID connection to, like, a lot of people I know with DID seem to feel like they need large amounts of caffeine, um, which in my head makes sense, right? Because it's got to take a lot of energy to manage everything that's going on and the in and the out and the whatever. Um, but but yeah, you don't, Jess needs her coffee. You don't mess with that. She gets her coffee. All right. Well, I I don't have anything else about, about myself. But so like, if you guys have questions, um, I think that's one of the things that Jess and everybody wants to be able to do is answer some of those questions. So if you have questions about kind of the idea of Jess's role or what it's like to be in that role um, or, you know, I don't know, respectful things. Yeah. Don't, don't be a jackass. Um, I, I think we want to try to answer those in future um, podcasts too. And I don't know, maybe we'll do like a, a, an episode that's a lot of question and answer. Or I don't know. We'll have to see, but um, feel free to, to send those in. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, we also have a Gmail, um, mypuzzlepiecespodcast at gmail.com. So um, send us an email, send us a message. Um, we'd love to answer your questions. Thanks for listening today, guys. Yep, thanks. Bye. Bye.